2 Corinthians, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, how many of you are ready for winter to be over? And uh, I wonder, almost wonder if it's not going to be those year, one of those years where it seems like we have no spring at all. It, it, uh, uh, that does happen on occasion. It's not terribly unusual. Um, but if there's two times of the year that I enjoy more than any other, it is the spring where it's not really hot and everything's just coming out, and, and the fall. I, I just love the fall of the year. Uh, and uh, as everything just cools off and gets ready for winter, it's not here yet. You can still enjoy and be outside a lot. But as we look at this life that we live uh, that these people who are supposed to know these things tell us, especially in the Northeast, you get uh, light deficiency syndrome where there's not enough sun and uh, and it affects your emotions and things. And and uh, uh, there is some truth to that. I mean, in him is light, and the life is the what? It, the light is the life of men. Uh, there, there is a connection there, and we need those things. And today, what I would just simply like to preach about is daily living. I mean, we, we understand. We have uh, many opportunities. Labor Day, I mean, Memorial Day is coming up, and, and that's a time when we remember those that have uh, sacrificed their lives and we use this word hero uh, an awful lot today. Uh, it seems that all, all you really have to do to be a hero is be unlucky enough to be in the right spot at the wrong time. And you know, instant hero, when uh, that word actually used to mean someone who has actually accomplished something worthy of note. Uh, and, and I believe that as Bible-believing Christians, if we choose to use that word, we ought to use it as honestly and carefully as we can. We, we ought to use that talking about something that's actually been accomplished more than just showing up. Amen? But I would like to challenge you that there is no such thing as a real hero that didn't have an awful lot of days that were absolutely boring. You see, life is not lived in the great events. Rather, those great events that happen, uh, that, that come about, are often the result. Uh, if you've ever heard the testimony of any of our military personnel who uh, have done something uh, above and beyond the call of duty, they would say, listen, I was just doing what I was supposed to do. I was doing what I was trained to do. Uh, the only issue was no one was trained to do the ordinary in the extraordinary circumstances that unfolded on that specific day. Uh, 
And we could go into, I'm being very general here because I don't want us to allow our minds to walk down the pathway of heroic deeds because that would take us from the attention of what we're, what I'm trying to look at this morning. But let's start reading in verse 15, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to read through the end of the chapter, verses 15 through 18. It says, for all things are for your sakes. First, Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And, and so, as I was working on this message in verse uh, 15, it says, For all things are for your sakes. And it, it just reminds me of, of a verse that was spent some time on here recently. And we know that what? All things work together for good. All things are for your sake. And... What happens is we we get tangled up in things. We really do. Because things are what we have to handle. Things are what we have to do. Uh, I was very glad that uh, this week we were able to uh, effect the uh, uh, chimney modifications that the inspector demanded. And uh, we'll see if they uh, satisfy him and... And, of course, those things are somewhat frustrating at times, but we got that work done, and I'm glad about that. But how many of you just had a tough time getting through the week? Just doing what you're supposed to do. Just keeping in the way. I mean, if you hadn't this week, I got great news. You probably will next week, amen? Or the week after. I mean, life does not happen without a struggle. And sometimes we get this idea that uh, our Christian life is supposed to be heaven on earth and there's not supposed to be any struggle and all of this. Uh, You can't find that in the Bible. The Bible says, with tribulation. That's what Jesus said. Uh, with troubles, uh, read Acts as Paul was talking about to the Ephesian pastors there, and he began to explain to him. He says, "You're going to have problems without the church. You're going to have problems rising up in the church. You're going to have problems from people who claim to be Christians. You're you're going to have trouble." Isn't that exciting? And sometimes I I think about that. And I just like to ask the question. I don't want to pick on Bill Gates this morning, but 
Do you think Bill Gates had a difficult life getting where he is? Do you know anything about his story? The guy is... If it takes being that weird to get that rich, I'm thankful that I'll never get there. Amen? There, there's a lot of life struggles out there. And no one gets anywhere without difficulty. And so, why do we as Christians sometimes show up as the weakest of all people when we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Uh, I want to challenge you that if you haven't been tempted yet, you will be to turn out of the way, to, to just give up, to... Uh, the, the Bible word that is often used is the word faint. Is to just stop. And people will do that and you'll be tempted. And, and here's the thing that we have to understand as we look here in verse 15. It says, number one, all things are for your sakes. Now, what this is talking about is the good things, the bad things, the trials. But here's the purpose here. That the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. Have you ever stopped and thought about the difficult struggles that we often face in this life? The times, the trials, the storms, whatever uh, uh, description you want to put in there. are given to us by God to put His grace on display in our lives. Stop and think. How, how many times have you looked at someone going through a difficult time and were able to see God's grace active? Hello? You know, that's God's communication system with us. How many of you, when you've seen God work in someone's life, had said, thank you, God, for being there for that person, for comforting them? I don't know how many times over the years I've gone in at a hospital room, nursing home, whatever, over the years to try to visit someone, visit them in their house and talk to them and, and encourage them in the Word of God. And I was the one who actually left encouraged. Think of old Brother Horton there who was just literally days before he went into eternity. And as a- Andrew, who was uh, in his early years of college, we were... Uh, there we just stopped and he just raised that hand and looked at us and said, boys, there's still a lot of work to do. You know what? That still gets me. Here he is, dying. Less than a week before he moved from this life into the next. And you know what he's saying? You know, I, I don't know about that. I'm getting old enough that I really enjoy when someone calls me a young man. And, of course, Brother Horton was very capable of doing that. He was well into his, I think he was 78 or 79. And so, uh, 
And this, again, was several years ago. But he, he looks and he says, boys, there's still a lot of work to do. You know, you know what he was doing? He was walking in the valley of the shadow of death. And he was putting God's grace on display for those of us that were in the room. And you know what? I've often thanked the Lord for that little push, that testimony. Being able to share it with others as well. You see, that redounds. Not rebounds, that's the new word. Uh, Rebound is simply a bounce. A redound is accurately aimed, all right? Uh, it's, It's only going one place. It's going to the glory of God. All things. All things are for your sakes. And it says here, verse 16, that we're supposed to think about these things. We're supposed to think about the glory of God for which cause we faint not. You know... One of the greatest uh, tools of the devil is, is simply intimidation. Is, oh, listen, they'll never accept the gospel. Don't, don't even waste your time. That's the devil. You, you don't faint. You just keep giving. Amen? You think... Why in all this wickedness and corruption? Uh, let me ask you a question. Is New York City government corrupt? Okay, we got a few snickers because the people understand. How about Albany? If you think that New York City has got a corner on this thing, They're just only toy soldiers in the hands of the people in Albany. Let me tell you what. It is unbelievable. And by the way, if you run out of corruption around here, uh, I think the general consensus or the polling data show us that New Jersey is the most corrupt state in the 48, lower 48. Uh, New Jersey and New York and, I mean, we just... We, we live in a wicked world. Every time we turn around. I, I think of the Bible college I went to. When I was a student there, they taught the King James Bible was the Word of God translated into English. You know what they teach now? Anything but the King James. We spent a whole week, my oh, second or third year of college, we had several preachers come in, and they spent a whole week teaching on the evils and the wickedness of incorporating rock and roll music into Christian worship. Now, this was over 35 years ago, just at the very beginning of what is now called the contemporary Christian movement or music, CCM, if you see it anywhere abbreviated. And now they won't have a chapel service without a rock band warming the people up so that they will enjoy the chapel service. 
And you just want to throw your hands up and say, why? Hello? I mean, that discourages me. That's why I support Heartland. Because that encourages me. You see, for this cause, we faint not. Do you realize that God's grace is always on display? If you have cable TV, I I don't know this to really be true from experience, but I've heard about it, is you have 140-some channels, and, and you sit there, and you push the remote, and you have nothing that's worth watching in 140 or some channels. Now, I've heard that from more than one person. I see some heads going up and down, so I'm heading in the right direction here, okay? I, I, I believe that to be true. Uh, occasionally, there might be something worth watching, but... Have you ever thought about asking God to tune you into the displays of His grace? You know what? One might be happening in your own life. Maybe you're going through a difficult time because God wants to put His grace on display. And what's the easiest thing to do? I quit. I'm just going to sit down and watch TV and take a break. Wait a minute. For this cause we faint not. Isn't that what Paul says? Do we have the right to short-circuit the display of God's grace in our life? You see, all these things are for your sakes, That through the thanksgiving of many, that's not through your thanksgiving, that's through the thanksgiving of people that see God's grace active in your life, redound to the glory of God. It says, for for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You know what this old flesh... One of these days, it's just going to die. You're not going to get away from it. Oh, one radio show was, uh, host was trying to illustrate the point, and, and uh, I'll just borrow his absurdity. He, says, he said, do you know that every person that ate carrots in the year 1847 is now dead? Well, actually, they're not dead from eating carrots, all right? And he was just trying to illustrate the total absurdity to most headlines that are in the news today. I mean, you say that, and I could just see, wow, carrots. No, no, not carrots. They're supposed to be good for you. And then all of a sudden, the 1847 kicked in, and I could see everybody shifting back and going, Okay, yeah, 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 you would, you would die of old age long before you would die from eating carrots, yes. Um, you see, the outward man is going to perish. Do you know that most of the recipients of the Medal of Honor in the history of this country as the United States 
If you read their stories, somewhere you will find in that story, especially those who were awarded uh, posthumously, I know I'm going to die, and I'd rather die fighting. I'm not going to give up. You see, sometimes we as Christians, we, we forget that we're going to have to walk through that valley of the shadow of death. The reason it's called the valley of the shadow of death is because it's not the valley of death. When you walk through the valley of death, my friend, you walk through without the good shepherd and you end up in a place called hell forever and only to be transferred from hell to the, to the uh, lake of fire which burneth with fire and brimstone forever and ever. Someone says, I didn't know people still preach that. It's in this book called the Bible. We can't be afraid of what's in the Bible, my friend. It's the valley of the shadow of death because Jesus walked through that valley and cut a detour. And that detour takes us to heaven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Can we see? I got five or six. Can we try that again? Amen. You see, the outward man, our outward man perish. Now look at this next phrase. We're going to come back to it in a few minutes. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man is renewed. This outward man has only got so many days, so many years, so many hours, so many seconds. And if you don't do something to purposely cause that to uh, uh, shorten itself, like uh, playing in traffic or uh, eating at McDonald's every day for the rest of your life, uh, you're gonna, you, can, you can shorten that time period if you want. But unless you do something purposely to shorten that time period, that was programmed in the moment you were conceived. Everything was there. The color of your hair, how tall you're going to be, whether you're going to have a propensity to have to use Weight Watchers for the rest of your life, all of those things, it's just in your genetic code. But it says our inward man is renewed day by day. How many of you have ever been to a bookstore and wandered down the self-help aisle? I mean, shelf after shelf. Finance for dummies. Uh, what, what is it? Computers for dummies. Life for dummies. I, I think the, uh, the author of that series of books is insulting me. How about you? Uh, that's why I don't buy books for dummies, because I, I, I'm not a dummy, amen? Uh, I, I want to study the truth that's out there. But they have all these books that tell you everything. And the problem is, the people who have written the books most often have never done what they've written about. 
You know what? Because they're too busy writing books. The people who are actually doing it are too busy living life to write books about it. And the people who have time to write books about it, so don't read the books. Let's, let's read on here. Look, our, yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, we start with all things are for your sake. Why? To put God's grace on your on display. Then we come here and we understand that we're not supposed to faint. We have a cause to keep us going. We, our outward man is going to perish, but our inward man is renewed day by day. And, and then it goes right back talking about the afflictions. It says, you notice the play on words here in verse 17, light affliction, and the last phrase is eternal weight of glory. Do you, do you see the difference between those two uh, 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 phrases there? One is light affliction. The other is eternal weight. I mean, can you just feel that pressing on you just a little bit? The eternal weight of glory. And it says, while we look not at the things which are seen. Now, this next part is hard. How are you supposed to look at things which are not seen? How can you look at something you cannot see? Because the things that we can see, what we can hold in our hand, are temporal. They will pass away. But the things that we cannot see are eternal. Now, this is the passage here. We've just walked through these verses. Now, I want us to... To, to kind of uh, uh, apply this passage and, and look at it a little differently, I want us to understand that there is basically a, a twofold key or two ideas that make this passage understandable. The first is the focus on the eternal. Okay? All things are for, for your sake. Why? Because of the abundant grace, may it redound to the glory of God, the uh, uh, thanksgiving of many people seeing God's grace in your life. And then we come down to uh, uh, verse uh, 17. We have a light affliction for a moment, but that light affliction worketh a far more exceeding and eternal weight. Now, the word eternal just means never-ending. Um, I've often tried to come up with an example because I've, I've met many people over the years and they'll say, well, yeah, I believe Jesus gives you eternal life. Okay. Then why won't you be obedient to the Lord and why won't you follow Him in baptism, membership? Why won't you do the things that God said? Oh, well, I tried that and it didn't work. Oh, well, wait a minute. 
Uh, what kind of life did God get? Well, He gave me eternal life, but it's really not eternal. I mean, the word eternal is a hard word for us to wrap our heads around. Now, really, isn't it? I mean, the only time we think of the word eternal is the eternal revenue service. Oh, no, that's infernal. No, uh, internal revenue service. We'll get the proper adjective here eventually. Uh, the, the problem is when it comes to the word eternal, we, we just lose focus. Because we would think, and you ought to try this sometime, take your watch off, all semblance of time, and just go into the bathroom or a room where there's no windows and see if you can sit in the room 15 minutes without coming outside in the dark. I promise you three to five would be enough for most of us. That 15 minutes is a very short period of time until you find yourself sitting in the dark doing absolutely nothing. It would seem like an eternity. You see, the word eternal loses so much focus in our minds. And yet... The whole understanding of this passage is that we are supposed to be understanding how long do you live? Average lifespan? I think in the United States of America today is about 73, 74 years old, something like that. Uh, I think it's gotten as high as 77. It keeps moving around. That's average. The Bible says three score and ten. And so uh, if you reach that goal, I, I'd be very thankful. But listen, when we take 70 years of human life, oh, well, let's, let's get extravagant. Let's say you lived 100 How long has New York City been here? They were laying streets in Long Island City in 1633. That's almost 400 years ago. If you lived 100 years, poof. But what about the history of mankind? 6,000 years of history. You could live 100 years. Poof. Well, why don't we compare that to eternity? Well, because it wouldn't even be a finger snap, now would it? it? It wouldn't even be a worthy note. And this is why God wants us to begin to have a focus on the eternal is that eternity is forever. Eternity has no end. Uh, we have that song, uh, when I've been there a thousand years, bright shining as the sun. And, and now in modern times, we've changed it to 10,000 years. And, and uh, I'm sure that someone's tried to put in there 10 trillion years or something like that. I mean... As we go through our existence, our numbers get bigger. 
But they still have no bearing whatsoever on eternity, now do they? Is there any number that you could imagine that would have any bearing at all, any comparison to eternity? And it says here that these things work in us if we faint not to the eternal weight of glory. In Revelation 4 and 5, we get a little vision into heaven. And what do we see? A throne. And around that throne, we see twenty and four elders. And what are they doing? They're casting their crowns at the feet of Him that sits upon the throne. Now, as we study the Scripture, those things called crowns are rewards for serving Jesus Christ. There's a crown of life that every believer will get. Because when God gives you eternal life, that is something that we're going to praise God for. There are other rewards that are there. They're talking about rewards for bringing other people to Jesus Christ. Someone wrote a song many years ago, How many stars are going to be in my crown? How many people will I be able to lead to the Lord? It's just a way of looking at that. But it says in all eternity we're going to take these crowns and cast them before His feet. Let me ask you a question. Are you preparing for eternity? Or are you more concerned about the light affliction that is for a moment? Are we more concerned about how that affects us? Are we more concerned about our own personal comfort? Are we more concerned about our own ease than we are the eternal weight of glory. That's the passage, what this is talking about. This is going to help us not to give up before we get to heaven. We've got to focus on that which we cannot see. You know what? We cannot see into heaven except by faith what the Bible tells me. I don't know how these people live. I've met several of them over the years who say, Well, I believe that heaven's right here on earth and hell's right here on earth. And I'm saying, Wow. You are so misinformed. How in the world? You, you read this book about the Bible. And heaven is the place where God dwells. And hell is the only place in the universe that is absent of God's mercy and God's grace. I'll tell you what. Eternity is going to be about telling people how good God has been in my life. Now, what's the other... I said we had a twofold key to this passage. One is the focus on the eternal. The second one is that last phrase in verse 16. Yet the inward man is renewed 
day by day. The inward man, the the inside of me, the part of me that God has given is renewed day by day. I want to challenge you. How do you get that renewed? How, How is that renewing process affected in our lives? And we know that all things work together for good to them that Love God to them who are the called according to His purpose. And we went through that verse. You're called according to His purpose. That's done. The moment you get saved, you have the calling. There's only one calling. That's to be conformed to the image of Christ. We know that all things work together for good. Here's the, here is the catch. Here is the filter. Here is the caveat. To them that love God. Do you think if you love God, you would be renewed day by day? Now, please don't raise your hands. But we still have one of these things. Daily Bible reading schedule. If you don't have one, see Hannah or Andrew or me after. We'll get you one. All right? You say, there's no way I can catch up. That's right. Start today. Amen? That you need, why? How many of you that have been trying to do your daily Bible reading have felt it renew you on the inside by reading your Bible? Would you just raise a hand and give a testimony to that fact? You see, it works. The, the, that renewing process is Spending time with this book. How many of you have ever been really burdened in in carrying a heavy load? And you just got alone with God somewhere and spent a few minutes in prayer. And it almost just felt like he put his arms around you and picked that load off your shoulder. How many of you have been there? Would you give a raise a hand to that testimony? Would you just let people know that? Uh, it's not only the crazy preacher, it's everyone who will call upon the name of the Lord. God will work in their lives. Amen. You see, that's how you get renewed day by day. Not trying to uh, uh, do anything but enforce this idea. How many of you have ever come to a church service? Weary and worn out and got some encouragement from the song service. From the preaching from the special music? How about from the altar call? When you just came forward and took that burden that you were carrying and saying, listen, I'll just leave it there for the Lord. You you see, that's being renewed day by day, isn't it? And you know the most wonderful thing about day by day is that you don't need to store up for tomorrow or worry about tomorrow. Because God's grace is supposed to be on display each and every day. Can we say amen to that? And you know, this body is going to wear out. That's okay. Don't don't fight it. 
Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take proper care of it. Uh, I've, I've had people say, wow, you got gray hair now. Yeah, I welcome that thing. That means I'm just a little closer to the other side. Amen? Don't, don't waste your time trying to be 19 again. How many remember all the stupid things you did when you were 19 years old? Uh, let's not go back. Let's move forward for the Lord. Let's keep eternity in focus. But I'll tell you what, it's just as easy to disconnect from that daily renewal that God has from us. And when we do, we're going to faint. Maybe not today, but you're going to. You see, you can't store up certain things. When I was a Bible college student, I tried to store up sleep. Because I would only have like two days every other week where I could actually sleep. And so I would sleep 10 or 12 hours uh, on those two days. And then for the next 14 days, it was one or two hours. Doesn't work. Don't try that at home. It's not very intelligent. You'll pay for it. Promise. Promise you. That, that, that is not how God designed you to live. That's some of the dumb things I did when I was 19 years old. Listen, you cannot store up God's blessings, God's promise, God's renewal. It's got to be today. And you know, isn't that how life is lived? It's lived today. We, we live in a world where everybody is going to be something special when they grow up. The only problem is no one has told them that after you reach age 45, you are considered fully grown up. In fact, you're on the downhill side of that thing. And, and so we have all of these people, and you just, you just watch... Uh, how many of you have heard the um, the new ads from the city of New York? Uh, no one gets a diploma alone. And they tell the story of this 30-year-old something, some fellow there that got, finally got his high school diploma. I'm all for that. I really am. Uh, I'm, I'm for that. If you don't have a high school diploma, uh, you, you need to get it. You just really do. You ought to finish that thing. But listen... It's not going to change your life. It's not going to renew your life. You don't get to start over again. But once you get saved, you get a brand new life. Amen? That's why the Bible calls it being born again. And you don't get to start over again, but you get renewed. Day by day. And if we'll put eternity in focus, some of those struggles that we fight with today. You know, is it really worth losing your temper over fill in the blank, somebody stealing a parking spot from you, whatever, is it really worth losing your temper over that 
when we put eternity in focus. When someone tries to hurt you, is it really worth the effort that it takes to get even with that person with eternity in focus? Let me tell you, it's not. I have got, what does James say? Our life is like a vapor. I mean, it's still cold enough on some of these mornings. You walk out and you go, Oh, I can still see my breath and it's the middle of April. That's the vapor that the Bible talks about. That's all we have. We cannot waste what He's given us to short-circuit the display of God's grace in our life. Because somebody else is watching. God doesn't have 140 channels. He's got a channel for every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And He wants to display His grace in each and every life, each and every day. Because He wants that weight of eternal glory to be exceeding. That's what it says in our text. And you know what? That's going to wear this old body out. But that's okay. Because the real me living on the inside gets renewed every day. Like the old preacher said, when they tell you this preacher's dead, don't you believe it. I'll be more alive then than I've ever been. Because I'll be standing in the presence of him who gave his life for me. And all God's people said, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us to see through...